Hi guys, thank you for gracing this event today. We are having a podcast on uh, issues to do with advocates. As young people here with me today, I have Molin Mukomawasha and I've also wrote Mutombo. So you guys will just give you this opportunity to introduce yourselves and tell us one interesting thing about you. Okay. Hello, Tita. How are you? Hi, Rodney. Uh, my name is Molin Mukomawasha. As Tita is alluded to yeah. I'm interested in advocacy issues. I'm passionate about them and one interesting thing about me is that I can I'm a moving contradiction. I can balance conservative and liberal aspects and issues. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Rodney. I'm a gender and human rights specialist and uh, one interesting thing. I think I'm an introvert. Alright, so personally for me I would say one interesting thing about me is that I am just gender curious. Okay. So I'm just believing that sexuality is fluid and the sky is the limit. Hi, interesting. Alright, so just to kickstart our discussion, I'd like to know from you guys, in terms of advocacy, what is an advocacy space? Okay. So I would like to believe that advocacy space is a platform mm-hmm. or environment mm-hmm. where one can get and start to champion other causes or interest of the people or on behalf of the people that he's leading, be it a community, be it a church, be it a school, be it a students, be it, you know, it's just a space that you championing and pushing for fostering for other people's interests so that they can be heard and acted upon. Indeed, I do concur with Rodney that mm-hmm. in advocacy space is any space that gives a, pl- a platform for one to, to air out their views in terms of uh, maybe standing up for on behalf of other people and also pushing forward an agenda or a, a cause collectively. Okay, thank you so much. Like that was very insightful, but I would want to know. So from both of you I feel that you're seeing an advocacy space is basically a platform where you get to champion or let's say uh, issues about other people. So does it necessarily have to mean that you cannot be part of the issue? Can you be detached from the issue that you're championing? Or it's only an advocacy issue when you feel like you are part of um, probably the challenge that you are trying to bring across? So personally, I'd like to believe that it's a two-way thing. Mm-hmm. You might champion for causes of other people, mm-hmm. or like when you're not an interested part, mm-hmm. or you can champion for the causes that are maybe affecting you one way or the other, Mm-hmm. as well as the other people behind you so yeah it's a two-way thing depend but i, I like to believe that the Im- impactful uh, advocacy will come where your interest lies mm-hmm. or where you are an interested party in the advocacy yes indeed i've actually not observed that when you're part of the narrative your your voice is kind of more amplified rather than when you're detached from the experiences of those you're advocating for so that makes it a bit more impactful when you're part of the story instead of you championing something that you're detached. Okay, thank you so much, guys. So I'd like to believe that all of you guys are advocates in different spaces. So what does it take to become an advocate? All right. So to be an advocate, you need to understand your strengths, mm-hmm. your weaknesses, how best to maneuver around the environment mm-hmm. that you're going to maybe launch your advocacy. And the other thing is when you're doing advocacy, you don't need to wait for someone to create or to inhabit an environment for you to, to, to start your advocacy. You have to be able to start 
uh, creating spaces or environment or platforms for you to advocate. Yes. To add more to what Rodney has said, I think it's, it also takes passion to be a good advocate because you don't have to be pushed, it's self-induced. You feel that when you decide to participate in other issues. So it really takes passion and a, an enthusiastic individual to be part of it. Okay, thank you so much, guys. So uh, I would like to believe that we are moving away from an era where we are saying that uh, advocates are the voice of the voices. But we are moving towards a trajectory where we are seeing that the people in our communities have voices. So in line with that, how best can we as advocates in different spaces ensure that we best represent uh, the communities where we are coming from and we do not take them as people who do not have, let's say, anything to contribute to advocates' agendas. Because really, you have said that advocacy is about the people. So there's nothing for the people without the people. So moving along this line, what best can we do to ensure that as advocates, we are making sure that we are incorporating that element? Well, I do think that uh, for the people to be part of the advocacy, there is need for grassroots advocacy, whereby we go back to the and make sure that the people are involved and participate meaningfully. Not, that, not just taking them as blank slates that are waiting for advocates to do the same thing. So there's need to make sure that we just amplify the voice that's already there, put in place mechanisms that allows them to participate and hear out their views so that advocates can then amplify that voice, not taking out their experience. So I think there's need to take a grassroots approach to advocates. Also cementing on that, I think it's high time we should uh, come up with advocacy strategies mm -hmm. that are community penetrated. Yes. Uh, what I mean is we need to go back to communities, as Molly was saying, engage them, understand their needs, understand their plights, understand what really they want to, to change in the community. By doing that, we'll be having our advocacy our points that are really impactful or that really address to their challenges or the things that they want to see change. Also, advocacy is not only about uh, pushing an agenda, but as an advocate, it's your role as well to capacitate and strengthen other people right yes. from the grassroots, yes. teaching them on how best to come up with an advocacy strategy, how best you can roll out a campaign, how best you can roll out an advocacy, you know, things like that. So it's high time we should uh, engage uh, youths, engage uh, citizens, engage uh, everyone in the societies that we exist from, in the society that we want our advocacy to roll out from. So if by doing that, we will have a very high impact advocacy, like imagine having 20 advocacy championing on probably mental health or menstrual hygiene mm -hmm. from the same community. Mm -hmm. So we having one voice mm -hmm. with collective efforts, we can yield a very positive result. Okay, I like that going back to the grassroots and making sure that we put advocacy strategies that really penetrate into the different societies that we're in. So I think as, as advocates, it's also now time to become innovative in the strategies that we use or mechanisms that we put in place. So given the context of our young people, sometimes we find that young people are not really interested in issues that really affect them. How then do we make sure that when we are building a movement, we are making sure that the people in the community, the young people in the community, really, really have interest in the issues that are affecting them. Because at times we find that it's, it's an SRA issue, probably it's a menstrual issue, but it seems like 
people, the young people themselves, are not really concerned about the issue. Because we are saying it's about young people, then how then do we go past all those uh, hurdles? So the question now is, mm-hmm. who would have noticed that HR is, a, is an issue? Mm-hmm. It's right from the top, but you haven't engaged the people who have really been affected by those things. Mm-hmm. So we need to come back on the round table sit down with leaders, make them understand how this is a problem, and try to simplify and break down the SRA-HRA terminology, the, you know, the terminology around the problems, you know, certain things that are being in, coming in complex around SRA-HRA, we have period stigma, like talking to, to someone who's in a family or rural community, like spirit stigma, I don't even know about that. But if you simplify, make them understand, probably in their local language, Mm-hmm. It will help them want more to, to like want to learn more, want to, to advocate more, want to help, want to walk a mile with you in your advocacy. So yeah, it just comes down to, to the to, to, to the point that we have said before and um, we need to engage people right from the grassroots. Advocacy should not start from the top, but it should start from the communities where problems are being first, where change is really, like is really needed, not you know, it should not top bottom thing but it should be like from the bottom to the top okay thank you so much for that so in terms of uh you know as young people in advocacy spaces what are the challenges that young advocates are facing in these spaces well thank you that's an interesting question um there have been so many challenges being faced by young people in terms of penetrating advocacy spaces mm-hmm. one of the prominent ones being the issue of uh, being denied access to these platforms you'd find that uh, sometimes things happen and then there's no adequate information dissemination to young people that this issue concerns you and you should be there. A typical example can be that of uh, when people are advocating for contraception to be disseminated to uh, children who are as young as 12. You'd find that the public platforms and all those platforms that these issues were discussed contained no individual was right up on that age. And the voices of people who were older than those kids were the ones that we could like hear, but then there was no space for those people to be, to be there and awarded the space to air out their views and we get to understand why they are for or against the issue. So I think there is need for proper information dissemination so that young people get to know what's happening and they should be involved in they should be actually spaces being created for them, not that putting so I think we need to do away with the issue of that advocacy that you talked about earlier whereby the people who are being affected are uh, being they are not so there's need for more engagement and for in meaningful participation of people being affected and also the issue of ages in terms of advocacy spaces we find that Coming from a cultural background, an African cultural background, ageism is a thing of paramount. When someone is older than you, it's automatically, morally, and politically correct to listen to them, no matter how 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 wrong they are. So you'd find that in these platforms, ageism is being a factor that is being used to choke the voices of young Africans. Because you'd find that if your agenda is contradictory to the agenda of someone who's older than you, mm. then you don't stand a chance because you're young. Seniority, as Rodney has said, is playing a really big part in, in choking the voices of young 
Also, the other fact is that uh, maybe I'm older, mm. as she was saying, I'm 46 and she's 16. She's coming with another new idea, very innovative, very vibrant. I'm like, ciao, we have fought for this battle and we are just coming in whilst we are approaching the finishing line. So just sit down, let us think back. That big brother syndrome is really, uh, is really making a youth or young advocates not to, to really take up the spaces. Also, there's a lot of intimidation from uh, the people who have already been uh, like in the struggle. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, guys. And also for my part, I would think that there is also another issue whereby we are seeing that sometimes we are given a seat at the table, but we are not saved the menu that has been saved at the table. Mm -hmm. So we are just there for the sake of being included in their report. Yes, we have young people because it's now an issue of being saying that we are inclusive. Yes, that's when really we look at it, are we really being included? Because it's more of tokenism. Yes, some, some pseudo even, participation. Yeah, that you're but then they are not really listening to you. They just want you to sit there. You say whatever you say, but then when they're going to be like, I was there and I see this. It seems like I wasn't even there. Yes. Yeah. yes. So I think this is also another issue where we are saying that we are not actually saying that they are doing us a favor by giving us a security. We deserve it. We are entitled. It's, it's an entitlement. Mm -hmm. So it's more like we have to go around and beg for being given a seat at the table when it's our right. Mm -hmm. Because rights are supposed to be given because you're just a human being, it's your right. Mm -hmm. So then you find that in this space, is, although it's our right, we have to beg to be a part of both our rights. Yes. So I think it's very challenging. But guys, I would like to thank you for the discussion. So any last words? Well, I would want to say that there's nothing that can be done without the voices of young people. They're very crucial, so nothing for us. So from my end, I'd like to say that as young people, as young advocates, let's stop uh, crying, saying that you're not being included. Mm -hmm. Create your own spaces. Mm -hmm. Claim your own spaces. Convene your own spaces. By that, you start pushing your advocacy priorities. All right. Thank you so much, guys.